Starting now. What is this show? <coughs> what is it? Well, called? it's actually talking to whoever I'm talking Baby to. In this Josie? case, it'll talk to be talking to Shane. Little Sam. It's going to be a little more difficult than previous ones because Shane is a little uh, excitable. I'll put it that way. Um, this is a series of Sally Baby, talks. Baby Sarah. This is called Sally. The vehicle you're sitting in now is Sally. It's not Baby Sally anymore. Sally's grown up. I've come to terms with that. Dixon Sally. No. We're going to leave that now, and if you're going to be silly, I'm going to cut this off right now, because this is actually a fairly serious talk of actually trying to get to know people, who they really are, and what are your views about life. I have interviewed Francis Wooby, um, who has been to PAB. I have interviewed the last one, was just uh, two days ago, with Jason Reese, the person I visited in uh, Tennessee. Uh huh. And uh, now, Whoa. because I'm here and you're sitting in the front seat of this vehicle, I'm going to try and have a conversation with Shane Pontvin. And um, many people would know Shane. Some some of the listeners who listen to this podcast know Shane from the old days, but there are probably a few people who've never heard of you. So we we always start with the basics, like who are you? So how would you introduce yourself? Why don't you go ahead? Uh, good question. Um, my name is Shane Potvin. Um, those who do know me from podcasting know me from a podcast called Shane and Tom Squeezebox, which was then renamed to the Squeezebox podcast with Shane and Tom. Just a little marketing magic there, Mm -hmm. just to, just to refresh it a bit. Um, yeah, we did a pretty crazy, very college story-based podcast about our lives, about funny things that happened to us in the past. I use the word juvenile, very juvenile. Yeah, if you will, juvenile. Um, Tom and I laughed about poop and sex and old people and mm-hmm. hamsters. Um, Tom, our, uh, So through podcasting in 2006, um, we went to a, a podcast convention in Kingston called... Uh, podcasters across borders. Um, that is where we met this fine young man at the time. I think he was 60, 55. Wow. Right? 57? I don't know, 12 years ago? That was 12 years ago. What was it 12 years ago? No, 2006 oh. was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Okay. So you would have been 50. I would have been 58. 58. Still in my 50s, still a youngster. Still very young. Um, we met Ken, and over the last. 10 years, um, very sloppily built a relationship. It's been very painful. So you're saying it's been 10 years. We've been friends for 10 years. That was the starting point, was it? Yeah. Of actually meeting at PAB. We met at PAB 
We, I wouldn't say we were close. I think you were closer to Tom for the first few years. And then I think it was maybe after that me and you became close. And then mm-hmm. Ken would come visit um, me in Windsor, you know, two times a year. And so I'd say you've probably been down eight times maybe uh, in least, the past. At least. Maybe the last five, six years. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, it's about you. We're trying to find out who you. I've are. done a podcast. I did a podcast with with Tom. Uh, we did two hundred episodes plus. Um, uh, aside from the podcasting world, I am a business owner. I own an advertising agency in Windsor called. Ooh, that's Chain. right. I, I never knew what to call it. What your business was. So it's an advertising agency. Yeah, it's changed. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I had a graphic design business okay. for years. It was called Spotvin. My first initial and my last name, mm-hmm. uh, and that grew pretty rapidly over about four, or six, seven years. And then recently, uh, in May of this year, we merged with another advertising agency in Windsor uh, called Hook, and we renamed ourselves Tango. Tango. Um, yeah. So Like the airlines. Like the airlines, yes. Okay. Represents the dance you do as partners, and then the dance you do with your clients. Yes, okay. A little bit of a complicated yeah. sexual dance. Oh, dear. Yeah. So you're a business owner, and uh, and you just recently got married. I was at the wedding mm-hmm. to a uh, wonderful woman. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And is that about it? That's who Shane is. Lost your father when you're young. Whoa. Okay. Now you're getting uh, well, deep. Yeah. Uh, to me, more in a nutshell, I would say I've yeah. I'm artistic. Um, I have a very close family. Not close as in we get together for dinner every week, um, but we all enjoy each other's company. But so busy. who is that when you say I have a close family? Who are you referring to? So my father, as Ken wonderfully p- pointed out, my father passed away mm-hmm. uh, when I was five years old. Um, all my brothers and sisters are much older than me. Um my oldest brother is 14 years older than me. Wow. My other brother is nine years older than me. Uh, my sister was 11 years older than me. She recently passed away this past uh, June, July. Um, and so you were the baby. I was a baby by nine years, so I was a bit of an accident. Uh, and then my Ooh. dad passed away four years after that. Okay. You were a plump uh, child, I think. Oh, yeah. Very much so. I had a deep fryer, which I loved dearly. Well, that's the picture that you posted that everybody <laughs> loved. It was endearing because what, what kind of boy wants a deep fryer for his My aunt Christmas bought me, present. who buys it? Who buys an over... I weighed... The best part is I weighed probably 10 pounds less than I do now. Uh-huh. And I was in grade 9. Yeah. All right. And my aunt bought me a deep fryer for Christmas. Now, did you enjoy school? Were you popular? Did you like school uh, when you were in high school, say, or elementary? Um, I was never, I was always the, like, Shane likes to talk a lot in class, and Mm. Shane's a bit of a jokester, and I was always the funny kind of, you know, I was always the class clown. Well, fat people have to be, don't they? Right, right, because no one loves them. Not much choice. Yeah, yeah, no one finds you attractive, so you have to be funny. Yeah. Um... 
So I was always that. You know, and, you know I struggled with weight when I was a kid. Uh, probably part of it is because my father passed away and my mom didn't really impose any sort of rules or regulations. So I just ate lots of bacon um, and butter. Uh, so I was, I wouldn't say I was popular. Um, I had friends that appreciated me mm-hmm. in high school very small group of friends, kind of the nerd, you know, outcast group. And then about grade 10, grade 11, um, I made a whole group of friends who we all had very similar likes. Um, one of them being the tragically hip. Uh It was kind of the band that kind of set the tone to my childhood. It was really, yeah, it was, um, you know, I was a bit of a hippie in grade 10 and then I had a friend, some, not a friend, but I, I remember being in an assembly and, um, two people played acoustic version of Wheat Kings and I'd never heard the song before. And I remember going, wow, this is a really great song. And then, you know, found out it was tragically hip, started listening to them. And then my entire friend base kind of revolved around the hip we would we would go to every concert that would ever come nearby. I went to like fourteen tragic hip shows in three wow. or four years. Um, I had a car that was named Cordelia, and it was written on the back bumper. Um, you know, we would have tragically hip parties where we would only listen to the hip, and so and these these are friends that are still my, I would consider my closest friends today. Well, you have a lot of friends now, though, don't you? I mean, you appear to be anyway. Maybe it's through your work or just because Windsor is a small town. I would say, um, yeah. I mean, I think my wedding would be a really good representation of who my friends are. I, you know. There are a lot of people who I would say are friends, are on the fringe, who I wouldn't necessarily invite. As you get older, I think that 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 clan gets smaller and smaller, yeah. right? And the people I, you really hold dear. I'm go- I'm going to sidebar here to yeah. communities outside. Like uh, the previous people I talked to, one of them, Francis, lived in a very small town, so he's a volunteer fireman for the department, and yeah. he gets his training and uh, so on, and does that. Uh, the other friend, uh, Jason, who I visited, very involved in his local church, the whole family is, and goes a couple of times a week, mm-hmm. and um, probably involved, you know, various people do school councils and so on. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have children, no. and of course, both of them have children, so I guess that's where the difference is, because I was going to ask you, are there any other communities where you sort of plug into, or do you kind of like being your own person out on out on the fringe a bit? Um. You know, I would say, I would say six, seven years ago, I would say I was heavily plugged into um, maybe social, maybe more social communities, uh-huh. um, and friends, and social life was really big. And uh, you know, now um, what's really weird, and I not that I'm going through a crisis right now, but I, I, I went through, I went through being a graphic designer. I was very good at what I did. Mm-hmm. I was an illustrator. I was an artist. And I mm-hmm. very, very strong passion for what I did. And I felt like that that represented me. That's who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was funny and I, you know, you know, liked to laugh. But I was also an artist. And that, that was a big part of my character. Mm-hmm. You build a business of that. And then that business grows. You have staff. 
Um, you have more responsibilities that aren't, you know, being creative. I mean, my job is being creative. But the administrative side and the business of being creative sometimes takes you a lot further away from being creative. So, so I would say now I associate myself less with being creative or that artist that I used to be. Um, so it's, you know, I find it difficult because now I feel like recently I've been trying to connect to that artist. I've, you know, I don't get the opportunity to do it at work as much anymore. Um, and then when I talk about being an artist, I, I like to draw, I like to create, yeah. you know, illustrations and I like to, um, that's what I felt like I was the best at. It's wonderful you, you've you've jumped into that topic without me asking, because one of the two questions I ask is about creativity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's clearly, I mean, you are creative in that sense. Do you feel a bit of a loss? You were just saying you feel a little bit of a loss or, or cut off from that person I think what's hard is I think when you, when you have a creative business, over time you get better and better at being creative. And I think that creative is something that either needs to happen spontaneously but as you get better at it, it happens quicker. So the process by which you used to connect with yourself, you know what, I'm brainstorm and I would do all these things to come up with an idea. Whereas now you just come up with an idea and you're better and better at it. So it takes less time and effort to get there. So then it's quicker but then the process, I think, is part of what makes you feel creative. Uh-huh. When you just sit there and go, oh, I just came up with a logo or, oh, I just came up with a tagline or whatever. When it happens so quick, you don't get to really revel in it at all. Uh-huh. So now I, I, it happens so fast because our industry is very quick. And it usually most of the stuff you do happens in a day or two days. Um, you don't have to uh-huh. get – you don't have the time to – to be like, oh yeah, I'm being creative because mm-hmm. you just you just are all the time, um, and so now I feel like, I mean, there's the creative side, thinking strategically from a marketing perspective, but then there's also the artist side, and that's the drawing, that's the creating, that's the, you know, I liked making little characters and that kind of stuff, which I miss. Um, so you're, you're fortunate in the sense that you've been able to make your career in a creative business. Yes. Using your, your talents. And, of course, you studied that. You went to art school or... I went to graphic design graphic school, design. which was our program in Windsor was very art-based. Mm-hmm. So you needed an art portfolio to get in the program. There's a lot of illustration classes in our, in our, in our program. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of theory and a lot of design and a lot of, you know, production and pre-press. And so at the end of the day, you've worked, you're in this field, you're doing creative things. Does that sort of exhaust your creative needs, or do you still feel when you get home or on a weekend that there's still a creative urge or, or itch that, that needs to be Well, satisfied? and I think a big part of the podcast, I mean, you know, we did a podcast over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I think the last show we did was maybe, I don't know, nine, eight, nine months ago. Um that used to, that used to kind of scratch the itch. Yeah. Um, and what's funny is I really think that the artist in me, that was secondary. I feel like sometimes I feel like what we did on the podcast, that was me at the core, right? Mm-hmm. Strip it all away. Whether you're talented, you can draw, whether you can make stuff, that if if I was to throw it all away, 
if I was to throw it all away except for one thing mm-hmm. that I'd be good at, it would be how I am on the podcast. I would keep. That's interesting. That's funny, right? Because that feels like that is that is me. That is me. Like I said, the clown in grade school. You know, the chatty person who's witty and who always used to have jokes. To me, I appreciate that so much. That's the, my favorite part of myself. But yeah. I feel like it's the part of myself that I get to embellish the least. Now. Mm-hmm. Right? There are people. There are people that I, I'm around. It's funny. I just today I just planned a. You know, to go for drinks with a group of guys I used to work with at a at a one of my first jobs. Mm-hmm. A bunch of really funny guys. They were all hilarious. We all got along in that really weird level. The one guy was in a wheelchair. He had like muscular dystrophy, but he. This is going to sound weird, but he he was so happy. But he also kind of knew where to joke in it mm-hmm. and he would joke at himself and we would all laugh about it. And I always used to tease him that I was going to hug him and he couldn't mm-hmm. get away from me. Cause I was, mm-hmm. you know, cause he's in a wheelchair and I, um, and there was all these guys and it was, it was a really great time for me cause we had a, a, a really great job, but then we also got along really well. And I just reached out to these people today actually, and mm-hmm. sent them an email randomly out of the blue and said, you know, let's get together for a beer because I would fucking love that. I would just love to sit down and laugh with you guys because there's not a lot of people in my life that I can laugh that way with. So is it going to happen? Did you? Did yeah, yeah. Respond? So it was just, let's do this next Thursday and mm-hmm. we'll go to a bar. And, and um, did they all respond? Uh, the one guy responded. Well, the one guy that was in the wheelchair, he's responded. Um, I asked him if it was okay if we went to the trampoline park. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. I don't know if he'll like that. Right. Um, well, you can toss them, I suppose. But. So it's, I I feel like now, and I don't know if it's being married. I mean, you know, and they, you don't think a lot of things change and get married. And I wouldn't say a lot of things do change. But I think you start to like, okay, we spent a year and a half planning a wedding. You know, my business is, the big difference too is my old business was me. Not me. Mm-hmm. I had a business partner. It mm-hmm. was called Spotvin. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought it was me. Right. Even though my business partner worked just as hard as I did, mm-hmm. everyone just thought it was me. I could never get away from it. Um, and part of me wanted to get away from it because, I don't know, I didn't want that limelight. I had people that worked really hard for the, what they did, you know, just because the business was named after me. You know, and you, I, you kept that name, though. But I, when, Yeah, and I grew it over six years. Yeah. Um, but now we have a new business, and it's a new name, three partners, equal. We all have new responsibilities. I feel like I can take a little bit of a backseat to it now. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take, I mean, it was a seven, little less years, pressure. seven years of my life that was, that's all I did. I lived yeah. and breathed and, and ate that. And I love it. I mean, I can look back and go, wow, cool. That happened. Well, and, and that's where I am now because of that. But I miss, there's other parts of my life that I... Well, that's. I feel like I need to bring back. See, this is the issue. Like a lot of people, if you if we have the kind of conversation we're having, the job is very much secondary. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a teacher or I'm a policeman or I do this or something. But when they're talking, they're talking about me, my whole life, and, yeah. and the job is just something I do. Whereas your job, because it's been creative, I think has played more of a central part. In how you define oh, yes. yourself, it is, and a now huge you're part. suggesting that starting that's starting to change, and you might be getting your little more of your old self back. 
Yeah, I mean, it is a huge part of who I am. It's I can't... Yeah, I can't undermine that. Mm-hmm. But it's also... Um, you can't wear it that long. Like, I just... It was me and maybe my new business partner, who his business was just him, mm-hmm. and he didn't have any partners. You know, maybe he likes that he's, oh, fuck, I can just kind of... Well, let them take care of it when I go on vacation or... Um, so that's that's nice, and I we, we definitely made the right move. Yeah. Everyone's much happier. We're making more money than we were. It's a lot more efficient. Um, and I think for myself, personally, you know, yes, the podcast, like I said, is something that I really enjoy, but there are a lot of... You know, I said to Lauren yesterday, I don't have any hobbies. I, my, yeah. my career was my hobby. Yes. I was an illustrator. I used to design all the time in my, you know, on the side after work. Um, mm-hmm. I'd have jobs and I was always do stuff for people. And it was great. But then when that's your job and you own that business, I'm at work till, you know, 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock yeah. every night. I get there at 8.30. I don't want to go home and I don't have much time with my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to come home at 7 and now do more fucking design like i'm done with it right? so what what it's interesting you say that you don't have a whole lot of hobbies and then, yeah that, that, from what i've known of you yeah i don't think of you as being a hobby kind of guy there's uh the podcasting is always a kind of hobby I used to but mountain you didn't bike, do it all that like, often mountain biking was always something that i really enjoyed i always had a mountain bike i just bought a new one this summer you um, used to camp did you not or? yeah a little bit i traveled i mean i would say traveling was a big part of who i was i uh-huh. was a i was a traveler i uh-huh. you know i traveled around the world um which is great and now i can do it with lauren and she loves it and um, and she wants to be off again soon. Yes, and so it's great because I think we both we both and we travel very well together. So it's um, it's great. That's and I used to travel that. alone, and um, you know it's nice to have someone. But that's just part of it, right? So now it's now it's fitting in all the you know I paint and I, I painted a couple paintings last year. They turned out. I mean, not to sound egotistical but they turned up really well and i was like oh i miss painting i love painting i should do it more mm. i just never fucking find the time you know spending all this time when you have two or three hours at the end of every night you know dinner takes up an hour yeah. of that you know you might watch one episode of something on netflix mm-hmm. go to bed at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and then get up mm-hmm. so during the week you really have no time to be Maybe I just, and I've had some neck and back pain, you know, I find that hinders me because you come home from a day at work. I don't want to come home and go for a run or I don't want to like, I just, I feel like I'm spent that way. Mm -hmm. Painting doesn't, you know, it's not painful. Like painting as an, I mean, artistic painting. Right. Um, But then you only have two hours, you know, when you only have two hours with your partner, it's like, well... I don't want to do that stuff. I want to spend it with her. Because if you don't spend an hour or two hours a night with your partner, you don't spend any time with that person. Mm-hmm. Other than the weekends, which those are nice, but um, you have to find that balance. And I'm still trying to find... I find she has some hobbies. She's got craft girls, and she does things a couple times a month. And you know, she goes out with her friends. And, and I think maybe I need to start... I feel like I haven't been reaching out to people mm-hmm. as much as I should. I haven't been connecting with, I mean, my friends 
I think part of my job is very, very social because uh-huh. I have 10 yes. staff. They're great. They're love. They're lovely people. They're funny. They're all, they all fit. You know, it's not my world. My, my business is not stuffy. They're all, I would say representative of people that I would like to spend it's, time with. It's a creative business. You need creative people. But I spend all day with them. Yeah. And we laugh. We get upset. We get frustrated. There's clients. There's all the stuff. So when I get home, it's like, oh, I've had all of it. I've had all my social time. I don't need more. I don't need to go for beers with people after work. I don't right. need to. I don't need to do shit. I just need to fucking hang out. Um, do you feel you have a good a good sense of knowing yourself? Do you know who you are, or are you like I sometimes think of myself as a, a moving target? Always, it's changing. It's very hard to find out. But like we can I identify friends. Funny, though I find that funny you say that because I would say that that is the furthest from the truth. I would say of all the people that I know, you have stayed the most consistent. Well, I'm I'm just getting better at recognizing who I am. I've sort of finally reached that, I think, that point. But you haven't it's moved. It's taken me a while. You haven't moved. And I would say that you probably look at me and I maybe feel like I've changed over the past seven years. And I actually physically, you know, through well, hormones and shit have changed. Yes. I'm still the same person. People still see me and go, oh, man, you're the same dude that you were. Well, we, but that's the thing, though. People, we look at people and we go, oh, yeah, that's that person. And we don't, we, we just see them as how we've already previously perceived them. Yeah, that's who they are. Um, but we know that ourselves inside are always changing. We're always in a state of flux. We're always, we're learning more. You, you say, I'm being more consistent, but that's probably because um, I'm just that much older now, and I've come to terms with a lot. Very old. Um, but the sense of who of nailing down yourself, of who you are, do you think, yeah, I know, I know she's a orders. Yes. I, um... More and more, I would say. I, th- I felt like um, when I was younger, I don't know, it's funny. When I was younger. Younger meaning 20s? Teens. Yeah, in my early 20s. And then I went through like kind of 10 years of chronic pain and just weird thing where I always felt like I was trying to get back to who I was in my 20s. Okay. And then, and then I went through all this hormone stuff and my body changed, my mind changed. And then I was like trying to get back to this person I was in my 20s. And I was like, wait a second, I'm not even that same person anymore. I'm different. Mm -hmm. I still have, you know, I'm still made from the same cloth, but Mm -hmm. um, things have changed. My body's changed, right? Like I used to see myself as this, you know, 170-pound skinny kid. um, And then I'd be 220, 30 pounds, and I'd still be like, oh, I need to be this 170-pound kid. And then my body changed. Then I'm, like, more muscular than I've ever been. I'm broader. I'm just a bigger person. Mm-hmm. And I always used to associate myself with this skinny kid. And it's, like, net more, like, you know, within the past, I'd say the past six months, I really kind of settled in who I am and, like, oh, I'm not even that person anymore. This mm-hmm. is who I am. And, yeah, you need to maybe lose 20 pounds or whatever, but it's still, it's still who you are. There's but no, the that's, phys- that's it now. sounds like you're, you're describing yourself in these physical terms. I guess that sort of has a large, I've always had a very, I've always been yourself. very insecure uh-huh. uh, with myself 
uh, physically. Okay. Um, I mean, I remember being 177 pounds and thinking I was fat. Like, mm-hmm. I was a fat kid growing up. So, right. you know, I was made fun of. I was laughed at. I had friends who stopped being friends with me. You know, I had a rough time. Fat kids have a really, really rough time in grade school because people are very cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went the complete opposite, grew a foot, lost 50 pounds when I was in grade 10, um, and wow. then became a skinny kid. And I was actually six foot four, 170 pounds. I was bone, like, bone skinny. Um, which is also not a good thing. No, and you know, I look back at myself then, and I remember, I remember thinking I was still fat, and I think that's part of the problem, right? That's how people become anorexic and bulimic, and you, know, yeah. you just don't see yourself as you look in the mirror and you're just you're the you're your biggest critic. But so much of it is because of the pressure from other people and so on. Or yeah, what, and, what do others think of me? You know, and you don't see yourself that way. Yeah, I think you know. Whether it's a meta, you know, a mental issue that people have, you just look at yourself in the mirror and you just don't see the way other people see you. Yeah, I was and always embarrassed at having such skinny <laughs> wrists, and you think the other, especially really? when, yeah, well, when I was in high school, like it, it seemed that boys at a certain age became really tough. Like I was in school with a lot of tough guys at our school, but they'd mm. be hard. They, I was never good at sports, so right away you're sort of you're you're feeling some kind of inadequacy or yeah. some sense of self. And then you get guys who just sort of grow in, become really strong, become hockey players. Yeah, yeah. One guy in my class, Dave Forbes, made it to the Boston Bruins. Yeah, so big forearms and arms. And, and, uh, and yeah, and so you think, gee, I'm not one of them. And the girls tend to like those guys. So, gee, what do I have to do to get by? Well, I guess be funny or be a clown or something else. And it's almost like you adopt a personality to go with your sense of your physical identity. You know, you, right, because if you were that skinny, wimpy kid, and yeah. you were a nerd, and you weren't personable, yeah. you got nothing. You got right? nothing. People won't even talk to you. That's right. And we felt those well, those guys really had it bad. So you developed something to compensate for that. So I became a class clown and yeah. a bit of an asshole as far as the teachers were, but it got me by and earned me. Yeah, and respect never... from the people who you felt it was important to. Uh, you just didn't want to get beaten up after school. Yeah, and that. I think as you get older, you become a lot more comfortable with who you are yes like i remember it's funny because i um you know in this day and age there's always photos and you see a lot of photos i mean your pictures are being taken all the time Uh, selfies are curated right everyone takes pictures and looks for the Mm -hmm. best selfie whether it's high enough so you don't see your double chin or yeah you know whatever all the crap the whole world does that right i am still so vain now i only if i see a nice picture like the one you took at your wedding oh Ken looks pretty cool in that picture. I think I'll put that yeah, on yeah. Facebook. But the other one, and so I joked. I said how much I liked it, and so you showed me a picture that you'd also taken of me looking absolutely miserable sitting at a table. Oh, and of like, course, that one. Like, yeah, bad angle. It's no so, no selfie. And a stick sour, on that sour, one. sour look in the face. Yeah. Oh, I'm never going to show curmudgeon. that one. Yeah, very curmudgeon. So what we do. It's an odd thing that that our physical appearance is really still is so important to us. You know, and oh, I admire and people. I, hate it. I admire people who just don't give a shit. You know, hey, it's not a big deal, but we still feel we. There's, there's a vanity. My father was that way. He was always very well groomed, good looking, always wearing, you know, a nice tie or suit or something. I've never and been really vain. Cared. I'm the weird vein where you're vain because you're not 
you're never happy with, mm. like, it's insecure vanity, where you care about how you look, but you don't never really care, you don't really like how you look. So yeah. I care enough. Yes. And I post the right pictures. Yes. Um, yes. And it's funny, because I remember, you know, when you're that way, and maybe, and my body's changed a lot, so, you know, when you picture yourself as the skinny kid, yeah, and then... You know, you see pictures of yourself and you're like bigger, you know, it's just different. It's just a disconnect to where you see yourself. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember like, okay, I know I'm getting married and I know I'm probably going to have more photos taken of me in one day yes. and you're going to get 500 photos from some photographer uh-huh. and you're going to see every fucking angle uh-huh. ever of yourself that you've, you, you can't take a selfie and get the right, right your right, chin right. doesn't look fucking I like and then it was so funny because I was so scared, and I remember I was dreading, you know, you're like, oh, God, I'm going to get these photos, and I'm going to fucking hate them, and I'm going to be miserable, and I'm going to be gutted. And I got these photos, and Lauren and I went through them, and I was like, oh, wow, I'm, yeah. I am pretty... Pretty happy with every fucking yes. photo. Well, I mean, it should be. There's there some where pictures. you're just like, Ugh, gross. I look fat or gross part of, or part of it was it was just simply a happy day, and that's going to come across in the pictures. Yeah, but well, for me, I didn't care about how happy I was. Mm. I was just like, oh, do I look good? Mm. Am I? Do I look? For me, for do me, I not look fat. For me, I, I want I, look, I want to be smiling, and I don't want my hair to look too greasy. Those are the two that stand... Uh, and your hair is always uh, greasy. No, when it's washed, it looks okay, but if it's... Uh, it didn't look greasy that day. Yeah, no, didn't at all. You looked very dry. Very dry, and I had a nice smile. But the thing is, when I see that smile, it, it also gives me as a reflection. Well, there are just, others, too. Uh, no, it, no, it, the one with me and my dad, yes. that was as my dad. dad's yeah, yeah Japanese wife. Yeah. Um... The when I see that smile on my face, it's a reflection. You know, I, maybe I really am that happy, and that's important to me because as I'm this old, yeah, your time is limited. And I want to be happy, happy as you are. Yeah, well, I'm learning more and more. I am happy. Like right now, it seems like you are the happiest I have seen you in a fucking very, very long time. Oh, I've been growing. It's been a beautiful growth. Uh, you know, I mean, a cat came into my life, a church came into my life. Marriage has settled down, and uh, things are, there's a growth. I have. With my children. Me. Lots of things. What about you? Well, I was talking I, about my own life. I came said. into your life. Well, you've been in there for a long time. Uh, but yeah, no, I, the, friendship, the friendship is very important. The friendship I have with you is, is special because it goes back to that I can be stupid and goofy with you, and, and uh, that's. That's always been a part of it. Yeah, your podcasts are fucking boring. It's like I feel like you can't even well, laugh on this. You're not helping much show. on not helping much on this one. But Ugh. so listen, you I will get on to the laugh? serious question now. Okay. That I have to ask everybody is: Do you believe in God? It's a very good question. No, um, I don't. Do you ask everyone this? Yeah, every, uh, the two things I talk about are creativity, and you already volunteered to talk about that. And uh, their views on God, and we go from there to life and whatever um, else, but meaning in life. Interesting. We'll it's a very interesting you ask this question because... Well, you just um, said no. No, no, but I will explain. Um, I grew up I grew up Catholic. Um, I grew up going to youth groups when I was in, in high school. Um, I was very involved in some, maybe more from the social aspect, 
I did a bunch of weird kind of Catholic-y things. Um, and, and then after probably grade 11, I had a science teacher, Mr. Spinks. Um, I don't know. He just, he kind of opened up my eyes to science. And a lot of times religion doesn't really fit in that model. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I remember becoming very disconnected from religion. My sister at the time was connected. She wanted to keep me involved and I, I just didn't want it. And I, I didn't feel bad about it. I just, just didn't feel right anymore. And from then on, you know, that was probably when I was 16 till, I don't know, probably now. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, and what's funny is cause this has actually come up actually come up this week more so than it has probably in the past 15 years of my life because of a funeral. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think if you, if you were to ask me, well, it, nothing's really changed. It just makes you think about it more. Um, I wasn't ever religious. I wouldn't say I'm religious. I don't believe in God. I believe in something. I believe in, I believe in a power. I believe in an energy. I believe in something that, something that's woven through, through us, whether it's scientific, whether it's quantum, whether it's, um, you know, just an energy that binds us, that there's other dimensions, there's, and, you know, other places that we can't yet explain, um, you know, which is what I think sometimes religion is based off of maybe with just a face, um, I just don't necessarily believe that that religion has a face. Are you suggesting then you might not believe in the God of the Catholic Church, for no, example? I definitely don't believe in that. But this other force, could that be... I believe in that there's a thing that people just went, mm, well, there's this thing that it kind of is here and it kind of controls things, but we're just going to make it a person and we're going to call it this guy and he's going to judge you like people do. I don't, I don't necessarily religion. believe in that. I believe yeah. that there's possibly an energy, you know, you know, they talk about quantum mechanics and quantum theory. You know, there's a whole level of science and, and energy that we don't even understand yet and could explain multiple dimensions, um, multiple realities. Sure, that could be what maybe people called God. Um, I don't think it has a face. I don't think there was a son of God. Maybe when you, maybe you, a person that was connected to the world at a different level than other people. Do you ever pray? No. So even if you did, there'd be no God to listen to it anyway, so there's no point. Yeah. I mean, I also believe, though, that maybe prayer is, um, you know, prayer is based off something that's maybe real. Like... You know, if you have 4,000 people in a stadium all thinking and praying towards one person, well, that's a fuckload amount of energy that's going towards something, and that might do something, right? Like, that's, okay. you know, power of intention and thought, and, um, you know, you ever watch the, what's that movie, um, What the Bleep Do We Know, that documentary where they've done studies where they play music, heavy metal music to water and they freeze it and the crystals look like fucking shit. And then they play classical music and they freeze water <laughs> and the crystals look. <laughs> well, I know. I don't know that movie. No, it's, it's a very popular show. And then they had a sequel, but there was a bunch of things that kind of 
talked about, you know, the power of intention. Well, I grew up, uh, when I was in university, uh, reading The Secret Life of Plants and Mind in the Waters and things like that that were, uh, were very popular. Um, then we'll move. Here? We'll move. Well, you, yeah. So, again, sorry, let me um, uh, finish the thought. And so I was, I was religious. I, I don't necessarily ever felt like I was an atheist. I would say I was agnostic. I read a book once, an atheist book by Richard Dawkins, probably about five years ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> called... Oh, do you remember what that book was called? No, we all know it, and the listeners are shouting out the name now. Uh, the God Delusion? God Delusion. Yeah. I read it, got maybe three quarters of the way through it, and I was like, whoa, okay, this is this is too bleak for me. You know, thinking that you just die and that's it, and there's nothing more. Oh, oh, so you are holding out the fact that there might be something after death? Yes. Oh, how does, where does that come in? Then? But I'm not sure. So, I remember reading that book going, well, okay, that's a bit much. The guy wants to fucking send the Pope to prison. Uh, okay, this is a little too dark for me. Mm. I think I believe that there is something after death. Um, well, what, what, what? However, so recently, my um, mother-in-law passed away. Yep. My wife's mom, also my sister, um, committed suicide, um about four months ago. Um, and that, uh, that kind of struck a chord. I mean, my sister didn't, I have a, have not have a really close relationship, but it was also a little weirded out by how it all happened, you know, and then you start questioning what happens after they die. Um, and you know, I think, it was a little disconnected from it. So I was able to kind of process it, move on. Um, and I wasn't really super really affected by it. Um, but then my mother-in-law just passed away, my wife's mom. Um, and you know, we've actually just spent two nights having mm-hmm. a pretty big conversation about, whoa, okay, she died. Where is she? Right. Lauren has her thoughts. I have my thoughts. They're not all that different. Lauren is not religious. Um, you know, be- so believes well, believes that there is something else that she has gone somewhere. And her sister and her were talking about. You know, we were in a couple rooms. We knew that mom wasn't there. We didn't feel her. She wasn't around. Um, we maybe felt her in one moment when we were in the funeral home, but then we were really noticed that she was just gone. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know what I believe in. I don't, you know, do I believe that she's sitting there listening to us? They seem to think, yes, there's a possibility she could be listening to us, but then she moves on into a place that's not within reach, right? It's gone. She's moved over to something else. Maybe she'll come back one day and she'll you know, check in. Um, but she's, she's gone. And then, and then I started to think about like, you know, the probabilities of you dying and there'd be something else. is probably very slim. <laughs> Sorry for the wicked chuckle, but uh, yes, very slim. Yes. And I, and I said, what my, what I said to them, I'm like, at what point in evolution 
does God or whoever go, okay, now you go somewhere. Uh-huh. Monkeys, you know, single-celled amoebas to yeah. fucking multicellular organisms yeah. to something else yeah. to who something gets the, else. Who gets the soul? At what point do you now go somewhere where you get to hang out with your friends yeah. again? Like, why does that happen? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, chances are... That's it. If we die, in, we die. Yeah. If you believe in evolution, there's really not any spot along that. Why do tigers not ah. get to go to fucking heaven? Like, what, is, what makes humans so different than fucking yeah. tigers or or a fucking manatee? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, they don't go, ooh, ooh. And just, like, now they're in heaven and they get to hang out with their parents. Like, chances are that can't be. Like, that's weird. Yeah. Humans make this, this you know, wonderful place that we go and we die and we get to, you know, be with our harem or, you know, whether you're Muslim and you have your fucking thousand virgins or, mm-hmm. like, it all just feels like you just made it up. It's nonsense when you think of it in those terms, right? But then you think, do I die? And that's it? Yes. And I'm just dead? Yes. I'm giving you the answer. Yes. And that's why you have to make the most of the life you've got. You have to be grateful every single day for what you have. So you believe that? You believe when we die, that's it? Yeah, absolutely. Bam. We're just biology. We're just, bam, this is it. And now... I believe energy is neither created nor destroyed, so then it has to go somewhere. We well, could I mean, be a, we could be a computer simulation. You know that, right? Well, yeah. I, and actually, it's quite probable. I keep things. I'll send you simple. a link. I mean, there's 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 no way to fully understand. Our minds just can't go there because all you have to do is say, "All right, I believe science because it's proven." You know, the fact I'm driving a car. This is the result of science. Well, science tells us how big the universe is, and our minds cannot possibly grasp oh, that kind of huge. Have you tried? You're like, well, you can't. But you 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 can't. And I love it. I you love know it's true, not. and therefore. We will not. We just will never fully be able to understand. But then the, that hugeness, that that unbelievable scope, mm. makes me go. Well, maybe there's something else that I don't understand. Right? If the stars created us, maybe we yeah. go somewhere else when we die. But, but what is the we? Though this is that you keep coming back to the we. And who's we? And we've already decided. Now wait a minute. There's. Did we start with? Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, no, no, go all the way. How far back in evolution does the soul enter the picture? Because what you're talking about basically is something beyond just this brain and consciousness. Yeah, and that's what I said. I'm like, and do cockroaches fucking just go somewhere else when they die? Is there another I place? Think we've, that I think they we've wake done up? that. I think we've done that part of the question. I think we realize no, that's not. That doesn't happen. They don't. So we have to accept the fact about people. Your mother-in-law, your sister, and we personally might want some comfort. Like my mother, when she died, she was almost looking forward to it because she was going to meet my father again. They would be together again. And I was happy she had that belief. But you don't think Even though I knew it's not true, I'm not going to tell that to my mother. People need comfort. Take your comfort. But those people who, like, who... Who dip into the other side and then make it back, you know, and then tell these stories about how they saw the light, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. But I think, I mean, you can have a dream at nighttime 
that last three minutes and it feels like in your dream it's a lifetime. Yeah. I, I believe that your brain, so whatever you believe, your brain goes through some pretty crazy fucking things oh. at the very last minute. And it probably could allude to the fact where you have a dream before you die. And that feels like that's the other side. But you have no way of coming back and telling no, these people about it. No, you die, and so nothing changes. Yeah. You're dead. It's sort of like 2000. Remember the movie 2001, this spooky way they dealt with death. Of This man just finds himself in this room. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. The white room, and then the baby's being born. And um, I mean, this could go on for a while. So then the next question sort of follows that. Is there a purpose to your particular life, to your individual life or anybody's life? Is there a, a meaning to it? Or is it? Well, that's, I mean, if you're going to the point where, yeah, we don't, we just die and that's it. And then, then by proxy, it doesn't yeah, mean anything. There is, there is no purpose. We're just either. fucking moving totally. through, you know, we were talking about psychics the other night and I've, I've heard of my cousin, I'd go to a psychic who is unbelievable. We crazy shit. Um, but I mean that that concept of you know predicting the future. Lauren had a girl who used to work with her that said, you know, four years ago she was going to move to Windsor. She was going to meet a Shane or a Sean, and she was going to get married. And um, you know the concept of a predisposed life. I don't believe in that. I don't predetermined life predetermined sorry predisposed um i don't believe that yeah it's predetermined yeah um that's kind of ridiculous um but um yeah it's um things happen in unusual ways yeah and i i don't think it's i don't think i have a purpose I think your purpose, your purpose is what you make of it. Your, your purpose is actually just to procreate. And if it's not yours, then it's your neighbor down the street or somebody else, because that's what evolution is about and biology right. is about. All right, humans, you want to stick around on this planet, you have to make more humans. Right. You keep making them. And Windsor, or fucking Earth's going to shit, so let's fucking fly to Mars and put a million people there, and then Mars will turn into a well, that, But that's another, that's a, that's a natural force, a part of evolution, is we have to be reaching, reaching, reaching. That, that's what's got us as far as we have. I love it. And we can't, we can't oh, stop Oh, man, I, makes, I get so excited with that shit. I love space. I love, I love us trying to push those boundaries. I love they're trying to find the God particle at the fucking, you know, large oh. Haldron Collider. Yeah. That's fucking... How, that's how old are you now? The Unexplained. Uh, 39. No, you're not. Yeah. You're older than that. No, I'm 39. 39. Well, you got a big yes, birthday sir. coming up. When is, when's your uh, birthday? Uh, tax day. April 30th. Wow. Oh, my, that's my, right. I forgot our birthdays are close. And my wife has the same birthday as me. Yes. Yours is the 20s. We don't have to say it on this podcast, but... Um, so that's, yeah, that's a big deal then. So you'd be 40. Wow. Yeah. Big deal. So we should go on a road trip together. Yeah, that's what Shane, we're sitting, of course, in the front seat. Shane and Lauren in particular was very, but she tried every single curtain 
in this closing and opening and saying, "Oh, this is neat." She Ooh, loves it. This She's do? fascinated by yes, it. Yes, I was. I was. Oh, surprised. these are blackout curtains. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. They're fucking blackout curtains. Yeah. Get over it, Lauren. No, no, she was. She just thought it was. She was seeing it like a home. And uh, what she's also fucking six inches shorter than me, so. Yeah, so you decide this is not for you. You need a you need a big thing. I love it. Yeah. I think I'm about two inches too tall. Yeah. Um, there you go. For it to be, it feels like I'm in my basement, good. which is a little pain in the ass. Yeah. Good. All right. I think we're going to end there because we're not going to talk about the road trek. But uh, anything else? Uh, anything else? Questions we left unanswered, or something you'd like to add to this? I'm really sorry because somebody who I one day hope very much is sitting in your seat right now would be Tim Coyne. Oh my God! And um, this was a really funny show. This is very serious. Every time we talk show. about this shit, it's never it's never f- funny. It's like you talk to Tim all the time, and it's always hilarious. And I listen, and I laugh, and you guys fucking trash me. Well, it's a di- it's Tim is the only person I can do that with, and that's why I kind of miss him because it's it's a real it's a back and forth. I do love that Tim. I don't often get, and I. I actually, I'm not saying this to make him feel guilty, but I invited him to my wedding. I think he had planned to come to the wedding, and then at the last minute, he, for whatever reason, couldn't. Um, it's a hell of a long way to come from Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it was I bad enough us coming from Toronto. Whatever. I mean, I had friends that flew from out west. That's yeah, fine, but, but he didn't. Yeah, um, that's okay. He's busy. He's works for some big. But I don't even think company. it's that important. I mean, I'm glad I went, but I don't think people who have a wedding. Should no. ever expect any. Absolutely, should ever feel obliged. To there was the never, way. there was not a person who, and I had friends from out west say they couldn't make it, or yeah. you know things came up, whatever. I mean, really, when you really it is look whatever. at it, it's your wedding. It's not their wedding. It's your it's, wedding. You know, show up for your own. Maybe wedding. if Tim came, we would have had maybe ten minutes. Yes, exactly. Right, like yeah, you know. I like and I said, it was like your friends and your family. You just don't even fucking talk to at your wedding. Yeah, you just talk to the people who are from out of town. Yeah, and you make your rounds. I love them. Yeah, um, I miss them. I wish we could all. I, I miss them. I think trip. we all miss them. We, we were talking. We began this conversation with about talking about Shane and Tom. But Tim, for those who don't know, Tim, can was you one come to Ontario next summer, and we'll all three of us go on a road trip together? Well, thank you. He's too big too. Um, the um, he was a star in his time too. Tim did the Hollywood podcast, and it was just a one. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll boom, try and find boom, that. Boom, boom. Let's 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 get uh, let's get a handle on this now. It was a very very good podcast, and he told a story of uh, what it was like to be a young person guy. trying to uh, trying to be an actor. Yes. Trying to make a living at it, and he survived. He stayed in Hollywood, and he's doing fine now. But Tim had anxiety issues. I don't know if that's the right word, anxiety, but issues that yeah. you know got a hold of him sometimes. And once he did one episode where he talked about that in detail. What was that called? That one particular episode, the Jester card. No, and the people would listen to that. You know, <laughs> some of us listened to that more than once. It, and was, it was the quite, Jester card, wasn't it? No, it was not. All right, I'm going to shut this down there because we've we've gone off. So, Shane, Roy was there anything Gibbles? else you would like to say? You're getting a little drunk, and the conversation is deteriorating now. So, That's I think we covered enough up until that point. That's not true. Up until five minutes ago, it was a good conversation. It's all falling apart now. It is. 
It uh, is. No, I don't have anything to say. I enjoy you coming down. I'm glad I got the time. I had the time to spend with you. Good. Um, all right. Well, we'll continue. We'll shut the recorder off, and we'll continue. Maybe we'll have one more beer and uh, talk about the uh, next time we all get together. All right. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye for now. Abadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadab